with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California It's the dad bod rap pod I am one of your hosts, Damone Carter I am joined, as I always am By my man's Dave Ma, what's happening? Hey, you guys, long time no see Good to see you guys again after our uh, very busy weekend uh, in Ontario. Um, shout out to everybody involved. That was super fun. Absolutely. Fresh off Pop Fest, we got my man, Nate LeBlanc. How you feeling, man? What's up, guys? Uh, extremely tired, if you're really asking. Uh, great, <laughs> if you just want podcast banter. <laughs> I mean, the great thing about podcasts is both answers are acceptable. Um, and you'll get to hear a lot more about our weekend in Ontario. Um Next week, we're going to drop a, a Thop Fest uh, recap. But yeah, we're, we're back. Uh, we just went down to Southern California for about 36 hours. Uh, saw a lot of rap music. Saw one of uh, our favorite people to see, our favorite peoples to see, Open Mike Eagle performed at Thought Fest um, along with Video Dave. And it was, it was cool to hang out um, backstage, as it were with uh with open mic eagle and video dave who are who are uh their own tv show right nate <laughs> maybe someday uh no <laughs> uh yeah i mean the events of the weekend were very cinematic i think we could probably touch on about a third of what happened here um but yeah the when we first got there we were just kind of wondering where to go and then we just ended up linking with uh Mike and Dave, who we've spent some time with before, and that all of a sudden the day, which was feeling weird and we didn't know what we were doing there, got like super fun. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, uh, once you once you're there and you run into uh, Mike and Dave, it's the most two affable dudes ever. And you know, we're backstage drinking whiskey out of Mike's writer. It was really fun immediately, man. Um, we'd smoke everywhere. Um, you know, amongst all this sort of general chaos that happens at a festival. Um, really cool to see, you know, like your pals there, you know, yeah, and then, totally. you know, in 20 minutes they get on stage and, and wreck shop. It was, it was a really great experience and a very good introduction to a long day. Yeah. Oh, I think Mike played uh, like four or something, maybe five o'clock um, and debuted some new joints from his upcoming album, um, a tape called Stereo Component System with the auto reverse. You um, almost had it, dude. You were so close. It? You in you inserted three extra words that are not in the official title. I don't give a shit what the official title is. It's a tape <laughs> called. It's a tape called a Stereo Component System with the Auto Reverse. No stereo. It's no a stereo? tape called. What we is have, it? We have a sorted history with Mike and stereos, so we're we're not going to get into that. Ooh, uh, soon. Yeah, uh, it's Component System with the Auto Reverse. It's a it's a tape called Component System with the Auto Reverse. I'll tell Mike to his face. He's that he's doing too much. <laughs> it was actually funny. I don't know if this any of this will be arable, but it was funny to watch Mike and Dave argue about this as well. Totally. We oh, really? doing our live podcast in Ontario. 
um he's like it's component system with the auto reverse and mike had had like got a like a rhythm to saying it because he's so used to saying it now and he's had to explain it so many times as you guys will hear soon and then dave's like i thought it was a tape called component system with auto reverse and he's like no that's you know it's it's just funny at this point um some of the naming conventions some of the things mike may have thought about a little too hard but what we're here today to do is to prep you guys because this album um which we are super big fans of already drops tomorrow if you're listening on drop day we drop on thursday he's dropping on friday you've heard some singles by now you've seen a have there been videos Um, i'm not sure i don't know is there a video for all i think a video is coming out tomorrow when we're recording but we'll be out a couple days by the time we're publishing okay okay Man, yeah it, it was really great to hear i'll fight you live like we were talking about that earlier to hear a diamond d's beats like on loud booming speakers um mm. like the way they're meant to be was just incredible man i'm really oh, happy for mike really looking forward to you know getting the reaction of everybody else who gets to finally hear this album yeah yeah totally i felt like um it moved the crowd he opened up with the with the joint from brick body kids which was like Okay, people are like kind of looking around, and then uh, when I fight you, I'll fight you came on, you could see kind of a, a noticeable, uh, you know, head nod start to make its way through the crowd. Um, always interesting to see how people react to rap songs that they don't know the words to. People <laughs> are programmed to respond to rap songs that they know the words to, um, and so debuting the new material is always interesting. But uh, I, I thought people were pretty receptive. Nate, what do you think? Yeah, um, I I definitely think I'll Fight You kind of uh, snapped in their focus in a way because it has such a classic hip-hop beat. Mm. Like um, in our series of interviews for Secret Skin where each of us individually interviewed Mike that came out a couple weeks ago as part of the lead-up to all this about his different albums, We I think we all three touched on in various ways the, ki- the kind of beats that he likes to rhyme over and um how some of them are maybe skewing a bit more electronic or like um drawn from the la beat scene that was so prevalent when he was making some of these albums and um when you call diamond d that's not what you're getting yeah right you're getting you're (laughs) getting like a classic hip-hop feeling and um it was it was very interesting to watch um the tone shift um when he when he played i'll fight you which it has the sound of something that's nostalgic and mm-hmm. so it's like, even if they hadn't heard it before, it it's like has a familiarity to it. And it's, I, it's just a really good song. And um, I don't know if this comparison lands for you guys, but I feel like it kind of has the same hopeful melancholy thing that um, uh, Leaving Hell does. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good, yeah, uh, that's a good comparison. That's one of my favorite Rap Fierro songs. Um, it didn't strike me as that, but now that you say that, I can see that. You know, Mike has a way of like automatically sort of confounding the um, audience. And I mean that in a good way, you know, yeah. people are not sure which direction he's going to go. But uh, to your point, when, once the drums kick in for I'll fight you, it's like, okay, okay. Everybody scoots forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into it more in the thought fest episode, but it was a, it was a, a rapper heavy audience. Um, and what little I was able to glean about um, Ontario, which is the, the inland empire for, for folks who have been to California, um, it, their rap scene, and Mike kind of touched on this a little bit when we we're talking to him about um, what they're into. Um, and they like some like rapidy rappers. Like a lot of folks on the bill were that. And it was interesting to see the kind of Mike isn't necessarily that, 
Um, like when we walked in, we saw Afro doing the rap, rapping, rapping things. And and Mike is a little bit more melodic. Uh, him and Video Dave have a, a very interesting song about the prom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really want to hear that. Um, like, again, um, that's that's it sort of reminded me of like a Clams Casino beat. It was really weird mm. and sort of droney. Um, but yeah. like seeing them do it live, I think really uh, was really striking. Yeah, um, it's it, it was interesting to see. And it, again, we have so just to set the scene for you guys, we recorded this interview with Mike a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we've had the album since then, essentially. Yep. So we've been able to sit with it a little bit. Um, and so um, it's we were it, it's just a we're sitting in this weird space where we have a little bit of access and we have, I think we've interviewed Mike like six or seven times. And I don't know if you count all the times he came over to the table at the yeah. festival and sat down and fucked around with us for a while. As we're going to get it right eventually. Yes. But it's funny to like, you, you were definitely past the getting to know you bullshit. We're definitely past chit chat. Like now we can talk like, and so we were, we had a chance to both hang out with him and then watch his performance and then go back and dissect the performance in right. real yeah. time as yeah. he was beginning to unwind from yeah. it so it's it's that's not this interview that you guys are about to hear this interview was recorded a couple of weeks ago in like more of an evening zoom podcast setting and it's really to um promote the album like we yeah. are we mm -hmm. are fully on board the train of um promoting component system with the auto reverse and um you'll hear in a moment that we we have some thoughts about it we had some questions we wanted to ask about it and um it's uh what you guys are saying though to bring it back to that is that like it, it is such a bars e album it's a barn mm -hmm. out yes. album it's mm -hmm. not it's not the last couple mike records where um he's exploring a theme or um personal breaking up with his wife you know yeah. it's like, yeah. it's right like, right and it, it harkens back to a time an underground hip-hop time of which all demona a little less than dave and i but like we all have nostalgia for and we all have like that was our shit you know what i mean like when yeah. mike talks about college radio and taping the good songs i'm like yep that's what i was doing too at this time so <laughs> um it's and i don't think we're done talking about that yet and it's been interesting to see who became successful from that time mm. and continued on to become rap stars Demone, you and i were talking about this in the car a lot of people from that time went on to become behind the scenes people in music yeah yeah because underground rap don't make no money and <laughs> they went and found something that did but they still love the culture and uh i think one of the things that we make the podcast about is like putting the excellence of the rapping and production in more of the rapping usually uh from that time on par with the rest of the eras in history and kind of exploring yeah. it as a, a yeah. major part of what happened and so it's interesting to hear mike's take on all that where he would he's basically our age but he started rapping publicly a little later than that mm, mm. you know yeah. like uh, to your point nate i love how you said he's he's more more or less barring out on this and like as you guys were here in the interview he's like i want to be known as a swordsman in this shit you know yeah. and I, it's really cool to see mike you know speak with that type of gumption especially regarding um his work because it's usually so thematic you know what i mean and he sticks to it but here it's just like him barring out and that that's what i'm here for man this is i've said this before but i think this is one of my favorite albums by him if not my favorite. Yeah, we we had the 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 luxury of being able to spend some time with it, which um it's it's been kind of hard with all the excellent albums that have dropped of late. But um I think 
uh, Mike was talking about, you'll hear him talk about um, the return of of bars as a as a central thing in rap music. And so um, this is his submission. It's almost like, um, you know, there's a bit of a chip on his shoulder on this record. And I think some of that is is brought up in I'll Fight You. Um, but I do feel like, you know, he wants to be respected as one of the top, I'm going to use a dirty word, lyricists right. um, uh, in the game. And so this is, this is kind of like a candidacy for that. Um, another major theme of this album is his relationship with Video Dave and Steel Rift, um, who appear on a couple tracks. The track uh, Circuit City, produced by Madlib, I think, um, is going to be the next single that drops, which is really dope, and you'll be able to hear it first on Dad Bod Rap Pod, Rap Pod, Rap Pod, Rap We'll be premiering a couple tracks uh, after the interview. So it's it's one of those things where um, I'm interested to see how the underground audience um, receives it because we're in a really, I think, a strange time, and Mike doesn't fit into either of the, the main buckets. One is kind of like the the uh, boom bap coke rap bucket which he's he's clearly not in that one yes it's definitely not that and it's not it's not like lyrical miracle either like right, even i'll right. fight you has like oh there's a melody there and there's totally. you know there's a, a chorus that was composed so um he's in this very interesting sweet spot stay tuned for next week hopefully the audio comes through where he kind of explains um what what the audience at thought fest thought they were going to get and what they got and how they responded to it. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how audiences respond to it. My hope is this, uh, is that last Friday, 9.30, where like 22 albums came out, doesn't take the steam <laughs> out of this Friday. So if you're listening on Thursday, definitely um, check out the album on Friday. I know you've got a lot of things. If you're really an astute listener, you got a lot of things in front of you. Um, but it's worth your time. I think it is going to be, it's kind of premature to say, but I think it's going to be um, on some album of the year list, possibly even ours. We'll see. Most definitely. I remember when we were, last time we were in LA to uh, play some records, Nate and I were playing records with um, Cut Chemist for the reissue uh, release party, listening party of um, Freestyle Fellowship. And um, Mike was there and he was talking about, you know, putting this album together and, and having a Mad Lib beat and, and just the, some of the guest features and all that. And even though he was a little bit hush about it, he was certainly excited. And now, now the day has come. So it's really cool to see that that cycle come to fruition. Totally. Um, and it, that was an interesting thing too, because again, like I realized that that thing, and I probably talked about this on the show when we got back from that. It's like, people will tell you some shit in real life they would never say on a podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that was one of the yeah. examples that I was thinking of. It's like, we, you know, you're like, hey man, how you doing? What are you working on? He's like, oh, they got these Mad Lib and Diamond D beats. We're like, whoa! <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> stop the show. Everyone shut up. No, it's like, like, for real? And it's like, you could tell he was like palpably excited about it at right. the time. And he'd probably been keeping that secret for so much longer. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so it, yeah, it's just, it's cool. I, I, this is a term I use and I need to figure out a more hip hoppy way to say this. I talked about this with, esoteric and a number of our other guests over the years like i love it i love the wish fulfillment aspect of people leveling up in their careers Mm -hmm. and they get to work with the people they want to work with it's like i we all grew up fantasizing to use another weird term about hip-hop and what (laughs) what it would be like in the future and like the people that we interview on this show are creating that and they they get to directly 
have influence over that and say over that and they they you know send fucking cash app payments and zellies and uh paypals and checks and money orders to these people and make that make these their dreams come true kind of and yeah. i just I, there's no yeah. way to talk about it without sounding cheesy and i don't think it's cheesy at all it's like you become a peer of someone you used to look up to look, oh. and then you work with them and then that work lives forever and it's like there's kind of an inherent cosine mm-hmm. on that like you guys heard 100%. when we talked to diamond d he was like oh yeah my you know my new shit is with mike eagle um and west side gun and all these other contemporary right. people and i just i just find that so interesting and to have this little peek behind the curtain occasionally about things that haven't happened yet that's when they're excited they're not excited yeah. on release day you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely yeah. definitely it's all about just sort of making it happen i mean i've been lucky enough to work with writers that i've looked up to you know what right. i mean so i sort of get that feeling of just like having a dream and sort of manifesting it without sounding corny um kind of reminds me of right now uh I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, Sage Francis lost his Twitter account. And he, anyways, he got it back. And part of the reason he, he got it back and, or part of what he mentioned about getting it back was that he's working on a song with Chuck D. Oh, wow. You know I mean, so, okay. you know, sort of in relation to what Nate just mentioned, I mean, there, I'm sure there's some told that to out there. Twitter customer service and they're like, oh, <laughs> let's get you back on. Your new password, dude. We got we to get that going. He got a letter from Twitter the other day. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but you know to, to that point i mean i'm sure there's some kid you know who's a fan of mike's who's one yeah. day gonna you know be on a track with them and, th- and that's fucking amazing yeah it's it's seeing um that artists are not too cool for fandom uh which which was something that we saw at high road day when everybody was um you know uh you know kind of bowing to to cool g rap and making sure they paid their respects to cool g rap all the the younger rappers um, and yeah, so definitely strong album. Um, you know, we'll give you guys to a chance to make, form your own opinions about it. You'll hear a couple of tracks here first uh, on Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're going to debut a couple tracks from the new album, a component system. Damn it! Now I'm fucked up. <laughs> a tape called a tape called Quest for a Component System. A meeting light scriptures from <laughs> the void to be continued yeah. to be continued by open mic eagle um you want me to say it yeah please do component system with the auto reverse there you go it's simple i don't know why i keep messing that up because um, there's a lot of words and because we've heard it so many different ways right. yeah I'm, I'm a little bit scrambled but it's it's a it's a dope album everybody should support it when it drops you'll get to hear mike eagle talk about uh the construction of the album and kind of where he's at now he he bore his soul to us and now he's zipping it back up and and just rapping at us which um i I love both so let's get into our interview with the honorable open mike eagle dad bod rap pod Bod, rap pod every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture this week is no different joining us in zoom we have the man the myth the legend open mike eagle what's happening man 
Am I moving and shaking hip hop culture? That's such a. I mean, at its root, <laughs> at its core, so, so impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little bit. You, you doing your I thing? Mean, yeah, I would actually try to. It's just nice to hear it's working. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's working. You you have a new album uh, that is set to drop very soon when you hear this called. Ooh, taking a breath component system with the auto reverse That's i feel it. like when you first told me about it it had a longer name it was a well, tape called component system because that's how i like to talk about it but that's not the official title and spiritually okay. all of my albums have names longer than than what they're actually named and this one yes <laughs> tape call component system with the auto reverse and then i would have had like a tape call component system with the auto reverse uh recorded sometime in 1996 that would have been probably the whole title he, you're gunning for Fiona's apple. Fiona Apple. She uh, inspires me. She inspires me. And I like how like she fights for it because you know they always you no, know, you can't do that. The computers can't handle it. Like you know they always tell her that. But I, I feel her. Like these name these names should be really long. I have a lot to say. Apparently. Um so yeah, let's let's get into it. We want to talk about the album. We're actually gonna debut a few tracks from the album. Um when did when did this start? Did you kind of just close uh, a, the the book on anime trauma and divorce and be like, I'm gonna do a rap rap record now? Something like that, yeah, um, yeah, yes. I had enough of being in my feelings. I did one show around anime trauma divorce. It was like the release party, and I live streamed it. Like I did this one show. I basically performed every song on the album. I was like, I never want to do this again. Um. I did not, and you know, I've, I've I spoke to um, I spoke to y'all about it before, but I just didn't enjoy the process of like selling my emotional baggage that way. Um, and also, I think if I'm being honest, just like the the landscape seems to be so like rap, like the craft is starting to feel very important again, mm -hmm. and. I definitely kind of took a cue from that feeling and was like, oh, yeah, because I love rapping. I like really love rapping. And so I wanted to do some stuff that that really allowed me to do that, like put that forward. Great, man. Thank you. I just, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to jump around a little bit on the album, I'm assuming. but Like um, House of Pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, um there the the guest list of rappers is amazing the features um are amazing the production uh guests are amazing um number three and number seven burner account and 79 and stony island uh produced by quelle chris i just want to give give you a second to sing praises to quelle because we're huge fans of his and i just yeah. want to see what the working process is like and how'd you get him on the album and just tell people about his brilliance because he's killing it right now I mean, honestly, to me, like he is the vanguard, like he is the bellwether, like where he goes is where all of this goes, like because he's one of the most creative people that I've ever met ever. And I mean, like animation, video production, rapping beats, like he's just like a dynamo and a force and just has so much to say and nothing that he does is like regular like it's always advanced 
in some way or another. And I mean, I, I, I made my first song over one of his beats in like 2013 on, on this EP mm-hmm. that I have. Um, and I've, I, I, I've had a pack of beats I've been working off of him from him since then, but um, I hit him up when I was making stuff for this, you know, I listened to the stuff he did with homeboy Sandman and, and just me and him have always had a relationship. Um, so I specifically, it kind of just dawned on me, yo, I can, I can hit up Quelle for beats. I should do that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he sent me this amazing pack and he's very like more than most producers. I would say he's very, he very much wants to be into in the process. Like he very much wants to hear the demos. He wants to help develop the song in a way that not a lot of producers are really super into. And I really like that. Uh, I don't usually share my demos with people, but um, I don't know, like, especially with somebody as talented as him, it could be kind of difficult to share like the song when it's not done. Um but I don't know. It's just it's really it's really fulfilling to like build music with him, and you really feel like you do that. Nope. Uh, that's awesome. I have a slightly I have a pretty more. I want to talk about the music, so I'm kind of joking. I wanted to talk about Illingsworth because mm-hmm. we met him earlier this year, and I love you that guys both have such weird sense of humor. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, so I really fun for us to do. I what I'm actually wondering is like. Are you guys joking, sending texts? Like, what's the, like, are you, do you like, do you like, what's, are you guys friends? Like, I just yeah, don't we are. sense it. Just we me are. sending some beats and you make a song. Like, there must be more to it, right? Yeah, no, he's like, his, his person, like, he's super talented as a rapper and a beat maker. Like, that's undeniable. But like, he's also a really, really cool and funny dude. And like, one thing I really like about communicating with him is that he never allows me to just hit him up on business. Like he, he will not allow it, won't allow it. Like he he really like reminds me to have like human check-ins cause I'm not, I don't know. I just, I, I work so much that I can like really be in my head and not be nurturing relationships properly. And like, he really always like checks in like, how are you? How's the family? What's going, you know? And I, I don't know. I really think that's super dope. Um, Yeah. And he's just funny as fuck, man. Like he's a yeah. dude, like I, he needs to have a podcast like immediately. He's just all personality, but you know, that, that's a, that's one of my long-term projects is to get him talking into a microphone and letting me, letting me put it out. Yeah. I was about to say, recruit him, recruit him mm-hmm. to the Stony Island gang. Mm-hmm. Get that Stony Island tattoo on your chest. Um, so uh, since we're on the topic of kind of friends and family, there's a couple tracks on here with Video Dave and Still Rift. And, um, you know, there's posses and crews in hip hop. That's a, That's been a thing forever. And there's also people who try to bring along their homies with varying effects. Uh, the chemistry and camaraderie that y'all have seems to come across um in the music could you just talk a little bit about your relationship with both of them and and why you you didn't just do one feature they're featured multiple times on the album why uh, was it important to have them because the three of us us three we've been making a lot of music together um we've really been uh hunkered down like bunkered starting during the pandemic um and these are dudes i've known a long time like i literally started rapping with riff like we kicked our first bars together in uh 
in Hyde Park in Chicago. I think it was in the back of a KFC 1996, like literally like look staring at each other like we're going to do this, right? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then we started rapping terribly like that's my dude. Like that's that's like my brother. Um, so, I, you know, I've known him half my life, more than half, honestly. Uh, and Dave, like literally half uh, us having met in college. And um, I don't know, I, it kind of it kind of hit me one day how fortunate I am to be a middle aged man that actually has friends that live in the same city as him that he kind of like grew up with and knows really well. Mm. And mm. also happens to be creative in the same space um, that I'm in. And so like to me, just therapeutically, creatively, um, it just seemed like a great idea to get together and start just making shit. And, you know, um, and I'm, I'm also, I was also very interested in, I won't say recreating cause you can't recreate, but I like how I write when I'm in an environment where I have to write a lot, like hellfire mm -hmm. club times, like swim team times, like when we're all getting together and, and, and cranking shit out constantly. Um, so we kind of have that going too, where we get together and we make shit and it kind of mm. keeps me sharp. And I really appreciate that too. Which is a, a rare thing these days of rappers actually like collaborating. And getting together life. and writing. Yeah. Hold yeah. on one sec, one sec, one sec. Yep. Sorry, my son is playing video games on the loud setting. I had to <laughs> shut the door. No worries. It doesn't matter okay, okay. for the interview, but I happen to be in New York on vacation and I'm staying nice. in a family apartment and the lady next door is fucking screaming. So I'm with that's, you, dude. That's, okay, <laughs> that sounds terrifying, but I hope she's all right. Uh, when when I came and my aunt and uncle got us set up here, they told us it might happen. Otherwise, I'd be like, okay, laptop closed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Okay, back to the interview. All right, we're back. Okay. <clears throat> um, let me see here. Hold on. All right. Um, glad Nate mentioned Illingsworth earlier because there's that track on here with um, uh, that's for Doom, and I'm really glad to see it because we first saw it as a short video uh, shortly after Doom's passing. And for those that don't know, let everybody know about your love of Doom and why he's so striking. I know I ask you this question every chance I get, but no, I totally never, get it. It, it. It never gets old, you know. Uh, it, yeah. Doom, so and and uh, you know, I'm always uh, I always feel privileged to be around other doom fans um <laughs> you know because his his importance to me cannot be measured just not only just in terms of how his work inspired and filled me up but as an inspiration business wise um like my son was telling me this week and my son is 13 years old we have an ongoing argument about whether or not MF doom is mainstream because I keep trying to tell him he's underground, but like all the kids at his school listen to MF doom. Hmm. Like MF doom is like, and this is what I was telling him too. All MF doom has done since I became aware of him in 1997 is constantly get more popular. Mm. that's all he's ever done and i can't i don't know who else i can say that for i don't know if i can say that for 
anybody else like that lp uh, maybe but i feel like lp's line has these like peaks and valleys where i feel like dooms is just always up and then you know not by compromising exactly insane poetics right but but simply by commitment to himself commitment to the bit commitment to you know his values um and it's just i don't know it's just it's it's endlessly fascinating how um singular of a talent he is his his story his music everything it's just um it it means a lot to me like it's very it's, it's one of those things that's always just, it's very like it's full it's very meaningful to me and then when i see other people enjoy and see the legend grow like um i don't know it just it it it, it gives me the feels it gives me the feels uh and those feels uh in kind of real time were captured on our doom memorial episode i don't know if you know this mike or we've ever talked about this that's our most listened to episode of the show ever which is pretty crazy yeah. um and wow. you're cool because doom's mainstream yeah. uh, <laughs> he is. The, the, the legend another the... uh another mark in your son's column for uh, uh doom's mainstreamness yeah. is several thousand podcast listens but um yeah i just uh I, hearing the way you phrased everything in the kind of it seems like a re-recorded version it's not just the video put on the album right same version never did never, never touched it fascinating just mixed it better but never touched it okay cool. oh right yeah on. wow yeah okay yeah it's yeah it's it's i love the way you kind of talk to him and about the the artwork everybody listened to the song i i we probably should have done this a little bit more in the beginning like this is a great record like oh, thank you I, I, I listened I to it for the it. first time about an hour ago and it's just like so a lot of the lines are still swimming around my head and we're there's a lot of lines so the- there are a lot of <laughs> lines dude and it's like really fun because you know we we just did this little series where we interviewed you about your other records and we've been kind of talking a lot but then to hear you rhyme about rhyming rhyme about hip-hop bring all your friends to the table it's just it's a fun record there's a lot to nerd out on that's what we do and we're really just enjoying it so anyway in the spirit of that there, quick question um you you got a madly beat for this which is insane and must be awesome and um we you know at some point we'd love to hear all about that but like i i guess i have a kind of a question that relates back to what dave said is do you kind of want to get your friends on the madlib beat like do you choose to have guests on that song to be generous to be like now we can all say we've wrapped on a madlib beat do you get what i'm asking yes uh and i think like that wasn't really how that song started but in the process of us making it that part hit me and i was like yeah that's tight. <laughs> That's tight. Like I, I appreciated it for it to be able to be on all of our resumes. Um, you know, and I think it's honestly it's gonna be a launching point for stuff to come from us too. So it's strategically it's gonna work great. But um, you know, honestly, it just started because when we when we started making this song, this was very early on in me, Dave, and Riff getting together. And uh, I just I was playing the beats and intentionally not telling them who they were because I didn't want that to hang over the process. I just kind of wanted to, like, make sure it was something everybody vibed on. And um, we started on we started writing to him. I told him who it was. and It was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, no pressure. Well, I'm like, yeah, a little bit of pressure because this shit's going to be expensive. (laughs) Oh, that's 
That's dope. Uh, let's let's hear a part of it. This is Circuit City, produced by Mad Lib, featuring Video Dave and Still Rift. This time, make sure they're all dead. I'm a brand new man doing the same thing. It only seems confusing because I changed pants. 60 days, same as cash. A frog splash off the table like Damon Dash. Poor man's three stacks, that means yours. It's the freaks that I speak for, fam that I check for. I seem to mess in your desk drawer. 4D chessboard, but lose it, connect four. I'm at death's door and I'm pulling a rolly bag. My girl mad cause she told me not to grow a shag. I said I want that Alfonso from Silver Spoon. Biggest billion do with 11 million views. I heard a gold mine come with the cosines. I've been playing invisible like I'm Hohenheim. I'm close to getting bovine on niggas' phone lines. But no time for that stone to rap that don't rhyme. I've been punching this pavement since 09. Just seething his fist bleeding the whole time. Go ahead of me. Grab a seat, but don't ever leave. Stay for the post-post-credit scene. Welcome to the Honey Coated Bear Trap. All right. So Circuit City is the second um, single that's coming out, correct? Yeah, I would say the second single in terms of the album launch. But there's, you know, a few songs on here that have been out already. It, yes, that's true. That's true. There are, if uh, studied Mike Eagle fans will, will recognize a couple things on there. If they've been paying attention. Uh, as, as we have. <laughs> um, so how... Talk a little bit about the the thought process behind it, because when I'll Fight You came out, I was like, this sounds like a first single. That was an excellent choice uh, as as a lead off. Uh, how much thought goes into that? And is that just you or is it kind of like a team of folks? Like, how do you make that decision? Um, I mean, I'm I make the first call. Um, I typically just confirm with my management whether or not I've made a good choice, you know, because. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm capable of making bad choices. So um, I like to get that <laughs> thumbs up. Um, and in this case, yeah, like, so Diamond D beat and mm. Diamond D beat with a real classic feel mm. to me uh, that I don't think a lot of people have heard me over that sort of thing, even though like that sort of beat is one of my favorite types of things to hear. I just haven't sought that out a lot. Um, and then it's also one of the more developed like hooks on the album and i yeah. felt like you know in in terms of of letting people know i had something coming i thought it was important to hit them with a song with a hook you know um you know i we've been discussing a lot of the um, amazing folks that you've gathered on this record and um, I can see why they sort of orbited themselves around it but you know there's a track with Aesop Rock on here and on the um on the on the info sheet that we got, it says it's a CD only bonus track. Is that yes. true? Is that some sort of joke? Or are you hating see, on the vinyl thing. What's you just, going on? Remember I told you how I asked my manager if I make the right call because I can make mistakes. So this is this is one of those. See, I thought it'd be real cute to name a song that. Because this, oh. whole, this whole thing is pointing to like this tape era and like CDs and like I didn't even get it. Guys. All of that. Yeah, of course, because it's a bad joke. That's why you didn't get it. And I realize that now when I put the track list out, a dozen people were like, are you going to be CDs? I want the bonus right. track. I'm like, no, no, 
Just sell the CDs now. Fuck it. Well, I'm gonna sell the CDs <laughs> anyway, but I just I just want it to be very clear to, that everybody gets the song. Like it's a good song that I want yeah, everybody yeah. to hear. Um, I just I thought that that was gonna be a cute thing to do, but it was a mistake. I've I've led people astray. All right, I'm gonna we're going down the nerd aisle here, so I have to ask on multi cabinet arcade. You claim everyone gets the same amount of time. Is that just in bar structure or is it like mathematically? Did you divide the song in four? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, I feel like everybody has 16, but I actually am not a hundred percent sure. Like, all right. Somebody could have twenty. I might have gone longer. I'm not. I'm actually not. You set sure. yours up a little too, and you you know you uh you hesitate. You give a little breathing room, and in the flow of the song, it's you know they're just it's coming at you. The transitions happen real fast. There's no like baton passing. It just goes. So anyway, I love that song. It's been out for a while now, but I just figured I'd ask since we're here and we have this uh you know the the man who could answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like uh. <laughs> Speaking of of your good ideas, um, having the the outro tag with Serengeti, mm-hmm. um, I thought was a, a really nice touch. Um, it, it made me realize that there's never a bad time for Serengeti. It's never, never. And I thought, like, and look, I love Getty. Um, like, I'm I'm actually like a, a me and him are, are are friends. We've done a bunch of work together. I'm also just like a huge fucking fan of his, and have been mm-hmm. since since we were all in school together. Like, his approach to shit is just always mind blowing to me. Um, but when he he got on that microphone and started like talking about me and Dave and yeah. Rift and Milo. Like my motherfucking heart warmed for real i was like oh my god like there's there's like nobody hugs in indie rap that was like a verse <laughs> full of little hugs like i don't know that shit that that shit meant a lot to me i was i was really happy he did that i was really really happy he did that. yeah it's very very wholesome uh yeah. and, and also serengeti can literally rap about anything he really like, can conversationally yeah. and easily and yeah it's yeah great. um great great tune um, let's talk about a, a song. I have like 12 questions about this song. So just kind of get comfortable. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought about retiring. Mm-hmm. Then I changed. I, re- I retired. Then I changed my mind. Then I retired. Then I, then I changed my mind. Yeah. Um, great track. It, it's definitely in the open. Mike Eagle bears his, uh, his musical soul tradition. Yeah. But, uh, you have a line on there that said, your only op was supernatural. Say more. <laughs> Look now, don't be I trying to get me. I spit out my bagel. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what? Trying to get me some shit. Okay. I mean, literally supernatural. Okay. As in the phenomenon. You let it hang. You let that bar hang to fuck with people. Admit no, it. I didn't. I did you not. You was like, my only op dis- was supernatural. Pause. I would never diss supernatural. I like him. I never met him. No, I have no idea if I'd like him in real life. Oh man! But you did mention like you could, you would have benefited from a rivalry. Is, yeah, I think so. Is that is that true? Like, do you feel like had you yes. had a head to head? A hundred percent. I feel like um, do you know there's 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 some other like I don't know if it's an art award thing or something, but it's like you know uh, it's it's something about 
judging yourself by who your enemies are or some shit like that. Something. I forgot the, the Can a person as nice as you have enemies? I have to, though, because I'm telling you, like, it. the fact that I don't have really any, it's, yeah. it, 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 I think it speaks to um, the efficacy of my of my messaging. Like, I'm not doing something right if I don't have, like, opposition. Mm. Um, like, I don't, I really, I, I wish I had a better way. Like you to, needed to have chosen a harder path. Well, I just, I, I need. Hmm. You know, I honestly, it, to me, it's such, it's, it's one of those things where it's such a clear idea to me, <laughs> but I, I've, I've never really actually had to speak it out loud. <laughs> and I, as the words leave my mouth, I'm like, this sounds kind of insane, but um, I, I just, I, I, I believe that if my messaging was as strong as it should be, I would have more um, overt opposition. Interesting. Interesting. Um, isn't as an underground rapper, isn't every underground rapper's rival apathy? That's really funny. Uh, but apathy is, you mean the person or the female? No, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. Like uh, everybody you just said, apathy, the rapper. <laughs> Now you have beef with apathy. Not <laughs> step to Connecticut, dude. <laughs> I, met, I met apathy on Clubhouse. He was actually really cool. <laughs> uh, apathy, I did not mean you, although I still think Mike meant something about Supernatural. So um, <laughs> my last question about this track, and then we'll, we'll listen to it. Um, you mentioned uh, that having your first album be about uh, named Unapologetic Art Rap could have been a mistake in the sense yeah. that people are still asking you about it. Um, but don't you think, is it not true that you carved out a lane there? And are, and are you dissatisfied with that lane? Um, I'm not dissatisfied with the lane. I, I am damn sure over that name though. <laughs> and um, because what I, what I really started to realize is that what I was trying to point to is a lot more about economics than it is about aesthetic. Mm. it's a lot more about the people who do this that don't have a big budget like that's mm. really what it's about like and, and and within that it's almost like you can choose to use your small budget how serengeti does you can choose to use your small budget how woods does or how i do or how uh rap ferrera does or how samus does or like what and 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 to me like that's what makes us all kin like that's the connective tissue is that like we're out here doing this thing that takes a lot of money to do without a lot of money and mm. like there's a certain psychosis to that that i think links us all together how none of us will stop doing it even though like logically economically it doesn't really make a lot of sense to keep doing it like because because we feel called to in a way you know, mm. and like that, that to me is more what I think that I was trying to get at, like, and, and, it, and also, and like, I ended up repeating a lot. I started using that term in a time where mainstream rap was very anti artsy in a yeah. way. It was yeah. very cookie cutter. It was soup, yeah. like the height of materialism. And I really think a lot of that changed now. Like I really think those lines are blurred a lot so that, you know, art rap as an allegory to art rock is no longer necessary. Um, but we need like indie rock, I think speaks a little bit more to what I was trying to say, but indie okay. rap seems too broad. So yeah. 
there's there's something else in there that I still think I'm trying to figure out the nomenclature. All right, all right. Well, thank you for uh, indulging this interrogation about and your thank own you song. for not retiring. Yes, <laughs> I won't. I won't. That's what I'm saying, and that's kind of the point of the song. It's like every day I have this conversation with myself, and instead of quitting, I'll rap about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's the it's the disease itself on display. Uh, and we're all better, better for it. Let's hear a little bit of I, I need retired. I need better enemies. That's what I was trying to say. I need better enemies. I feel that, like that is a track for the next album. That's just, <laughs> totally true. True. Thinking about retiring, looking back, I sure could have used a good rivalry. I hated some folks, but I kept it too casual. I had a couple ops, but they was all supernatural. I'm getting too old. My first album title might have been too bold. I conjured up a gremlin. How do I get rid of you? What the fuck is art rapping every damn interview? I could have had a better stage show Kept rocking with Pro and also had Dave though Hellfire Brothers used to talk about stagecraft instead We just dropped bangers people could rage at I popped in the jewels flew I wear gold chains that can't jump like I used to I'm one man climate change The sea levels plummet Photos of the show dropping I got a big stomach Stakes might be lower, but it's more of a mission. This indie shit's more like a war of attrition. Got a well-paid gig, no fans to greet me. Sweetly, my girl said it was beneath me. I debuted age 30, did everything good, but a year too early. And never going wide is a side effect Even with the New York Times and the tiny desk I tried skipping to the three, four, five New Negroes almost died at the pilot test And I tripped, I took up my headroom Saw a billboard of myself from my bedroom Right above the chicken joint Gladwell would have bet that this was the tipping point So, so Mike, this is your eighth solo album That's um, insane your first your first supernatural disc record. No, what are you really gonna try to battle me, man? You really gonna, he's gonna do? He's gonna show up at my house. That's what the game um, needs. I mean, you said you needed it. The album, I mean, it, I mean, it has it, it has typical um, funny moments and humorous lines, like like your work typically does. Um, but I think it's a little bit less overtly humor, humorous and less directly personal. Um, do you think that's a fair assessment? And what made you go in this direction and what's the engine that drives this album? So there's a couple engines, if that's even possible. One is these tapes that I used to make, these mixtapes uh, in the mid 90s, taping WHBK and WNUR, college radio in Chicago, where they played the hip hop shows that would, you know, that was my only source of music was these shows. And I would tape them, fall asleep, taping them, make tapes, make, make copies of dub the best songs off of each tape into one tape and have that tape and uh so that's part of it and that's part of how the album is pieced together and, and aesthetically is supposed to feel the other engine though is um the pandemic post-divorce in the ghetto living by myself and like like 
in South Central. So there's a song on there called Crenshaw and Homeland. That's like the corner that I lived on. And that corner drove me fucking crazy. And I didn't I kind of didn't realize until I moved out. But that corner drove me out of my mind. Like it's like a 7-Eleven across the street. And I've re- I've learned anything goes in a 7-Eleven parking lot. Anything. There's no law there. There's no regulations. Literally anything <laughs> can happen at any time of night or the morning. Nobody will ever call the police for anything that happens in a 7-Eleven parking lot. So that shit was going on. I live next to a mechanic. There was like shootings on that corner all the time. There were car accidents on that corner all the time. The mechanic had a dog that used to bark at nothing all night long. Like there was this endless barrage of like hood activity and loud noises. Like, you know, Crenshaw is known for the car shows. So like the tricked out cars and the motorcycles going down the street with the loud engines constantly. And like, it just had me in a state where like, you're right. This album isn't as funny because my life wasn't as funny right then. Like it had me in this state where I was just kind of like hyper vigilant. Oh my God. The worst thing every, every Saturday at like noon on the dot, the motherfucking Hebrew Israelites will get on the corner and they'd have a, a fucking big PA loudspeaker that because of the placement of it, it shot right into my motherfucking window. And they would be on the microphone, on the loudspeaker, talking shit to passersby and being hella misogynistic and homophobic and, and crazy Christian for three fucking hours every Saturday. I called the fucking police on them twice, twice. I don't like the police. I called them on them twice because they were driving me out of my motherfucking mind. So like, this is the headspace I was in and I didn't find a bunch of shit to laugh at. And, you know, and people like rap again and I was having emotional issues and I didn't feel like talking about them. So like, those are, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's okay. the sauce. The sauce is made of, of, of those bottles. Bro, that's a right lot. On, um, this is a dumb, selfish thing to say, but like I can't believe you founded a podcast network while we were going through that. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, compartmentalization is a real skill, man. It's yeah. a real skill. I was yeah, I was writing for a TV show the day like the day I decided I had to move. My my uh my writer's room started at 9 a.m. Um between the hours of eight and nine. Uh, a homeless man got the shit beat up, beat out of him in a 7-Eleven. He ran back on the dude who beat him up and he got beat up again and it was bashing his head against the wall. And then um, then he, the, the homeless dude ran and, and, and came back and was shooting his gun in the air and stumbling away. All this shit happened before nine o'clock and nobody called the police because <laughs> it happened at the 7-Eleven parking lot. All right, You're, the next album is writing itself, dude. Yeah. Uh, um, that's another title. It's a modest mouse title, I think, but you can take it. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, I think if anyway, I'm just gonna propose something. You tell me if it's true or not, please. Uh, in the last song, you kind of play the stereo salesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really you bring it home with the different speak, you know, titles and components and all that stuff. And I, I love the way you've been rolling this out with the art, and you made the 
headpieces and the cap made you the filter for social media. And I'm just really loving that imagery. Um, but I guess what I wanted to say is if you had put that track first, would this be a totally different record? Would people be talking about this as like the stereo head concept record? Uh, maybe, maybe, but I would, I just, I don't know if I could ever put a song like that first on anything. Cause like, um, I think I always have a lot to work through before I get to a song like that. Like I can't, I can't lead with that. That's not me enough. Like, mm. and it's, it's part of me and that's why it's on there. And that's why it's at the end. And that's why I picked that beat. And that's why I put that song together. But like that as an exp exhibition and a piece of energy, I really value. Um, but it's not weird enough really it's not yeah. weird enough for me to lead with because i yeah. feel like that gives people the wrong idea totally a uh, little uh ac alone greatest show on earth vibes perhaps mm, i like oh. that I like that uh interesting interesting uh you know forgive me if, if this is inaccurate um uh, an inaccurate take on your catalog but it seems like you mentioned you know bars and rap coming back and people being more interested in that did that influence you to do a couple more drumless things i know that's a loaded term but uh it kind of felt like i'm like oh mike's doing these now um that's a good question um i want to say i feel like i've done that before i, I you definitely must have. you must have yeah but, but what i think what i think is more accurate to say is i, I may have not done that as a front brain decision um that might have just i think that might have influenced the packs of beats that i was getting because that's something that's more prevalent in the world now yeah um and 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 kind of more um it's just something that happens more often so i think you know i got packs with less drums in them to work from um but i don't think i had that in front of mind at all do do you is the approach different in terms of uh how you put together the bars and cadences when you're not um working in relation to a drum track i'll i'll say that the bar structure on this whole album was done with a lot of intention to find the intention to find different ways to do it mm. and that's on every track yeah. um i i was I was trying my best not to do what comes automatic for me. I was trying to find ways to do, to, to put bars together in a way that still pleases me, but was, uh, but felt like, felt more interesting in terms of like the styles that I was, that I was painting with. Like um, I wanted to get off the grid a little bit, but still, to say it in the most technical but clear way that I can that I can say it, like I wanted to find a different grid within the grid of the beat. So it's still on a grid, but it's not the expected grid. And so like there's a few, there's a there's some very intentional instances of that throughout the album. That's so dope, man. Thank you for explaining that. I um you mentioned Quelle earlier uh, as being the vanguard. And if we're, if we're throwing the word vanguard around, I got to bring up Arm & Hammer. So I want to bring up the track burner account. Um, tell us how, tell us just the process of putting that together and your your relationship with uh, Woods and Elucid. 
just for everyone who uh, doesn't know. It's really interesting because, like, I know those dudes as dudes, as men. Like, I think the first time I met them might have been, like, 2011. We did a Yule Prague show in New York. And Yule Prague is, like, there's a void left behind by that show. Like, that show used to really bring together the indie scene in New York. And um, those dudes have always been so fucking cool. Um, that's so funny I think about that show and I think about people being cool there was somebody on that show who wasn't being cool and I'm like damn should I say his name I won't I won't say Start his name that's why that's why that's why <laughs> I, I really <laughs> don't want to interrupt but when you when you had woods on secret skin you guys talking about bringing out the indie beefs and stuff and yep. i can't help but think to think back to this conversation at this moment but please might continue sorry but see he's funny because he you know he was talking to me about what had happened was before that and he was he was basically saying that it was funny that i didn't ask about x y and z but then it was really funny that he didn't want to be asked (laughs) in his own life either. That was hilarious. Um, But I, I I really, I really do love those dudes. And like their success, like gives me hope in a way. Cause I often just feel like this, 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 this is um, like, I be feeling like this shit is over. And not not over in terms of the creativity, over in terms of the expression, over in terms of the quality of music, anything like that, but over in terms of the economics of it. Because the further we get along, the less things, the more things get away from physical media um, in, in an affordable way, right? Like if you can afford vinyl and have the fan base to buy vinyl, then it's still kind of viable. Um, if you're not at, like if you're starting now, I don't know what you do. Mm. You're starting now. Like if your fan base is, is too small or you don't have upfront money, um, if you're trying to get established, like I don't know what you do now. And like that's and 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 seeing that there's still ascendance to to happen, like that there's still room for for legends to grow. Um, it gives me hope, you know, that that um that there's still a way forward. Just say this, and I want to call back to what you said about Doom earlier and specifically related to Woods and then kind of see how you feel about this. Having followed both dudes from kind of a beginning, uh, middle of the beginning part of their career till, you know, becoming a huge fan of theirs and trying to promote their work and my work and talking about them on podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. The writing just keeps getting better. Mm. That's, I, I think you can have an economic conversation, but if we're having an artistic conversation about hip hop and Woods and Elucid and yourself in particular, it's like, if I, I just don't think we're mentioning enough that like this, it's not just this steady climb out of nowhere because sure. they do the same shit all the time. It's because they're right. getting better, right? You're 100%, like, yeah, you're 100% just, right about that. Now, and, and that's, that. honestly, like that's the part that's harder for me to track because like, to me, I've been like, like this whole scene has been, like it's it's really easy for me to call people geniuses like off top you know what i'm saying like i made my yeah. first song with woods in 2010 2011 i was fucking yeah. mind blown you know what i'm saying like yeah um so to me like that i guess since that part was never a question right uh and then 
I think, and maybe, maybe I think this to my detriment because it's like one of the things I've tried to unlearn all of my adult life is, is, is to really always remind myself that this is not a meritocracy. Right. Yes. Because like, because that's, that's what will make us like, that's, that's, that has oftentimes been the thought that's that, driven. That is a really to bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really it. It's like everybody I know is so dope. Like I brought up Alpha MC earlier. Alpha MC is better than everybody, but don't nobody really know that. Like that's the thing. Like beats, rhymes, aesthetic. Like he's been a fully formed artist fucking 15 years. But since he's never put out a record on a label with real backing and gotten a campaign, motherfuckers don't know who he is. You know what I'm saying? And like, and, and so it's, it's so difficult for me to track, um, you know, the, the, the maturation process of people's creativity and how that ties into that, the, the rise as well, because to me, like, I've been fully aware of the genius. Cause they've been so dope. Long. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. No, it's really interesting to hear your take on it as like some, someone who kind of sees both sides of it. You comment on it. You uh, very generously interview people. Um, and you like want to celebrate other people's careers and that's part of your deal and we we very much appreciate it and um, I think just to kind of round the corner here it's interesting because I've been listening to a lot of your stuff Secret Skin all the episodes of what had happened was your spots on other pods it's very interesting to hear how it's just your life whether you're rapping about it whether you're talking about it on a podcast and how it interweaves together and perhaps there's even more to be done someday with that like where it's it's just uh, it's all part of the same stream and it's all just you who are this unique, interesting person who happens to be a great rapper. And you made a great record, man. And, Thank you, man. Um, you know, people are going to get a chance to hear it in a minute. And I hope um, all the accolades and all the, uh, you know, uh, nightings and everything comes your way, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do they still make old dudes nights? I forget. I don't know how this shit works in medieval Would time, you be like right? a viceroy or something? Some <laughs> shit, right? Like... <laughs> The Duke no. of Crenshaw. There we go. Oh my God, that is a scary good title. I like that shit. Uh, Mike, we, we've we've enjoyed talking to you as we always do. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation, definitely dip back into the uh, Secret Skin podcast where me, Nate, and Dave individually pester Mike with questions. <laughs> uh, you got this album coming out on October second. I'm gonna ask you. I'm seventh, excuse me. I'm going to ask you this on the front end because I usually ask it after you put out a record. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. (laughs) But I'm going to change it up because you keep going, bruh. I don't know what what a bump is. I don't know. I can't can't feel it. If you you could have your way, if you could snap your fingers in this record, do everything you want it to do, um, what would that bump look like how will we know i'm gonna ask one of those stupid questions from work how will you know when uh, <laughs> this record is done what it's supposed to do um that's a great question because i'm not sure i've even uh set that type of goal but um i'll say this as a rapper with a rapper ass rapper ego, I want to be part of the conversation. Like I want to be part of every conversation. Like I want to be parts of com- part of conversations in rap that it don't make no sense for me to be part of. 
Like, I want to be there. Like, I'll be listening to Math Hoffa's podcast, and he'll be talking to fucking young guru. And, you know, there's a voice in the back of my head, like, sure, hope somebody brings me up, knowing damn well it won't, it won't happen, you know? But that's, that's, I take rap that seriously uh, in my heart. And that's part of the reason I wanted to make this album too like this and make more music like this is that I, I want to express what rap means to me and express how important it is that I think I'm fucking dope at it. And I want, I want people to really feel that and feel me knowing that. And, and like, you know, um, I think I've, I've, I've operated in a sense in a lot of my career under the thought that, um, oh, that's just understood, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. that I think I'm fresh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I, I really want to be regarded in that way as well as a swordsman in this shit, like a legit swordsman. Um, so I guess if it's done what it's supposed to do, um, I'll be a part of more barbershop conversations, I guess. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good metric. When my barber is, is proclaims that you've been killed. Cause that's what he does. He goes, Oh, oh you know, so-and-so died. And I'd be like, bro, he's still alive. <laughs> that's when you're hitting. <laughs> that's when, you know, you've made it. I will let you know what B says. Um, Open mic Eagle, a tape called component system with the auto reverse drops on October 7th, auto reverse records. Um, it's an amazing album. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about it. And Yo, th thanks for having me. Thanks for using an episode of you all's amazing podcast to even uh, give this project this much light. I, I really super appreciate it. Um, I love the three man DBRP weave. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's an excellent, excellent uh, podcast modality. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just just thank y'all. you up on the space station my brain's heavy get break pavements send invoices to make payments are you enjoying your vacation the new story is late breaking a pro tip this is 40 that old shit i miss it sorely i wrote sick but kicked it poorly i'm the brick and mortar rick and morty i'm a different sort of normie torch they didn't try to warn me old rage is the best feeling the rotation is west leaning Behind all smokers, the vote raising the debt ceiling. The whole nation is stress filming. That old face is a death feeling. I'm daydreaming of the golden ages. I'm day drinking out in Copenhagen. Making a living out of broken language. Part in the soul, I'm motivated. Trying to hold the control is overrated. This old fragrance choking the whole situation. All right, that was our 17th conversation with open mic eagle uh mike is of when you talk about rappers and podcasters um it, it doesn't get better than open mic eagle like he oh, understands totally. the form right so well right. so easy to talk to it's it's i this, i don't mean to like involve mike in this little rant but like it's like so dumb that joe budden 
ended up being that guy yeah. and not Mike. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah, seriously. Spotify, write us a check. Stony totally. Island, let's do this. Let's yeah. um, it's just like he, he is such a good question answerer. He's he's like he's got jokes, he's got mm-hmm. insight, he always comes ready to interact, and he's so funny. A, a funny thing that happened at the festival um a couple weeks ago they were doing post-game interviews they had a little tent yeah for the post-game mm-hmm. interviews and mm-hmm. i kept missing them i really wanted to see one go down but i kept being at the other stage or back in our little tent and not realizing what was happening and i asked mike hey man did they like take you into that little tent and you do a post-game interview and he was like yeah and I was giving them real weird answers. <laughs> I was approaching it as if I was a trickster. And it was so funny, dude. That's and I, awesome. I would fucking pay to Damn see it. Mike give like a Bob Dylan style interview totally. where he's fucking with the interviewer because he's totally. so clever and so used to being on the other side of the microphone. Like I was like, I'm really, really sad I missed that. Oh, but, wow. That's hilarious. Man, that's so great, dude. The most like the most uh, nicest, most sort of present you know, guy, when yeah. he's in the room, he, he's a good listener. He's a good conversationalist, which which yeah. carries over to both um, his music and his podcasting skills. And dude, um, now that the record's out, I mean, just congrats, Mike. We're really happy yeah. for you. We, we relish in, in your release day. Yeah, absolutely. So go out and cop it. Component system with the auto reverse. Yes. Uh, Finally got. Now we've all accomplished something today. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope we and I hope you have learned here on the Dead Bod Rap Pod. Uh so once again, shout out to Open Mike Eagle. Shout out to Video Dave, um, who's gonna be the fourth member of DBRP at this point. <laughs> uh really enjoyed hanging out with them at Thop Fest. Uh shout out to 60 East, organizer of Thop Fest. We'll have a whole episode on that debauchery next week. Um but for this week, you know, you can always check with us on Twitter at Dad Bod Rap Pod. We are on Instagram at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, and we do episodes uh, every Thursday. But if you want to get we into We also that, do stuff on our Patreon. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash Dad Bod Rap Pod, where we use it as a laboratory to try out new concepts for the show. We often uh you know steal ideas from listener comments to make us sound smart on the main show Uh, we record other audio content other written content and it's also just kind of like you get information first um about what is going on with our show and therefore the broader thoughtful hip-hop industry as i've taken to calling it lately because people get mad about art rap. Shout out to Mike. Um, so make sure you join the Patreon, patreon.com slash dadbodrappod. That is the single best way to support the show. You can also like, subscribe, follow, rate, review, uh, tell a friend. Tell a friend has worked out great for us, honestly. It's not yeah. a digital thing. It's like your real life. You yeah. talk to your homie and you he, he asks you why you're laughing so much and why you know so much about Billy Woods all of a sudden. Don't <laughs> listen to the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to everybody that's supporting us on the Patreon uh, thus far and everybody that taps in with us every Thursday. All the flavors. Dad Bod Rap Pod.